0: All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, it is Thursday, so we are digging deeper into the Psalms, and this is, I would have to say, one of my most ambitious podcast episodes in this Digging Deeper series, and I'm going to try to go through five Psalms today. 84 through 88, all of them are fairly short, but we get to 89, and that one's a huge one that we'll do next week. So we're just going to hop right into it. Psalm 84, to the choir master, according to the Giddith a psalm of the sons of Korah. Again, the Giddith being one of the three times it's done, once by the sons of Korah, once by Asaph, once by David. But always a good psalm to think about and meditate upon. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So far Psalm 84. This is one of those great psalms where you're wanting to try to find comfort and peace and solace in this life. And the idea of not having quite enough, but realizing that you do have more than you could possibly want. Because those who are in Christ, we know how lovely is your dwelling place because we are there. We are with him in his dwelling place. And that becomes the whole theme for the psalm is that the dwelling place of the Lord is where we want to be and in Christ we have that opportunity and the sons of Korah go into the promises that are given just in nature even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself at your altars, O Lord of hosts not just that these are taken as sacrifices on the altar, but in the temple structure itself. You had places for the birds of the air to make their nest. You had the places where they could be unmolested with the laying of their eggs. And this is what we want to be. This is what we want to feel like when we're at church, unmolested, ready to be able to praise our God without any outward issues going on. Like I said, this is what we would like, but it's not always that way. We try and we try to make sure that everything is on the up and up, especially when we're looking out at what people can see of us. But truly, if we let ourselves be seen as he sees us, he sees us as forgiven children. Yes, we have issues. Yes, we have sins in our lives. But he has forgiven all of those and so he is the strength that sets our hearts on the highways to Zion that even though we go through the valley of Baca or the valley of tears we have the knowledge that from Psalm 23 yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death it's just a shadow of what real death is like And for all Christians, that is the thing. It is always a shadow that we go through. It is not the full thing because we don't die forever. We die to be raised to live forever. And so we have verse 10, a very comfortable verse for us, for those who do matin service or through the service of prayer and preaching For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I would rather be the lowest slave in the house of God, the one opening and closing the door, wiping the feet of those who come in than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. That is the joy of being in Christ. That is the joy of having that moment of glory knowing that our sins are forgiven and that we have life everlasting to look forward to but we have those down days which is where we get to Psalm 85 and I just used this this morning in our midweek matins service Again, a psalm of the sons, a Korah. again to the choir master. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. So far, Psalm 85. Again, this is that promise of being in the dwelling place of God, even being the doorkeeper in the house of our God. This is the joy. This is the security that we have. Why? Because the Lord was favorable to his land. He restored the fortunes of Jacob. He forgave the iniquity of his people. This is the big thing. This is what makes Christians different from all other religious people, is that we can have hope and joy in the midst of darkness. As Psalm 84 said, we can go through the Valley of Baca, the Valley of Tears, knowing that we will make it out on the other side because the valley is nothing compared to what God has for us. We know that he will not be angry with us forever. We know that he will revive us again, giving us new life with the forgiveness of our sins. So he says in the middle of the psalm, let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. The Lord speaks peace to those who are with him. The one thing we are wanting in this world is peace. Not just peace between countries, but peace in our hearts because we know that our sins are forgiven. They are counted against us no more. And how can we know this? Well, that moves us right into Psalm 86. Like I said, these are all short and all interconnected. This is a prayer of David. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great steadfast love toward me, you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seeks my life, and they do not set you before you them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. So far, Psalm 86. How can we know all of the great things of God that he will revive us again, that he will bring us into everlasting life? We have his promises. First of all, the promise to hear our prayer, to incline his ear to those who are poor and needy preserve the life of the godly, not because of what they have done, but because what he has done through them. Which is why he can say, there is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. There is no God like the God of the Bible. Yes, there are gods out there that talk about giving salvation and eternal happiness, but they're not ones who sent themselves in the, form of, in the person of their son, in the form of a servant, to die so that you might live. They want you to fulfill their laws and to be good enough for them. They don't want you to be poor and needy. They want you to be rich and helpful to them for them to be able to give you the time of day. But again, it's the thing that makes Christianity so different from every other religion is that we don't have a God who's waiting for us to be good enough. We have a God who came to die for the ungodly, who died for his enemies to reconcile us to him. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. We live in a world full of broken hearts, and our hearts are broken many times because of our sin. But God comes to unite our heart with his words, with his forgiveness, his peace that he speaks to us. And so David can end, Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. That sign is nothing different, nothing less, nothing greater than the cross of Calvary. The cross where the Son of God died to forgive you all your sins. That is the sign that will make everyone either rejoice or Or turn away in shame. And we see this even in our own lives. Is that many people don't want anything to do with the cross. Because the cross is gory. The cross is bloody. The cross is brutal. So is sin. So also the price for sin had to be brutal and gory and bloody. But through that price we have help and comfort from God. We move on into Psalm 87 now. A psalm of the sons of Korah. Simply a song. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things are you are spoken, O city of God. Among those who know me I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they said. And of Zion it shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. For the Most High Himself will establish her. The Lord records as He registers the people, This one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, All my springs are in you. So far, Psalm 78. On the holy mount stands the city He founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than the dwelling places of Jacob. Yes, Mount Zion, the temple mount is the place that God loves the most because that is where he has established his name to dwell while the Israelites still had a kingdom, while they were still ruling over Jerusalem and all of the territory around there, and while the temple still stood. But the temple no longer stands. The only thing left of Herod's temple is the Wailing Wall. But, God still has His temple. That temple being the flesh and blood of His Son, Jesus of Nazareth. Where we can say glorious things of you are spoken, because He has done great things. As He talks to the woman at the well in John 4, the conversation goes into whether it's Mount Zion or Mount Gerizim. Jerusalem or Samaria. As to the proper place. And Jesus tells her, pretty soon it will not be here or there that you worship. But all people who truly worship, worship in spirit and in truth. Because that is the worship that God seeks. That is the worship of the people who were born in Zion. Not necessarily from there ethnically, but are there because they have been reborn in Christ, They have been born again from above through the power of His forgiving work. And now we move into Psalm 88. This is one of those great long superscriptions in the book of Psalms. A song, a psalm of the sons of Korah to the choir master. According to Mahalath Leonath, a mascal of Heman the Ezraite, O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws down to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one let loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to meet you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath is swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. So far Psalm 88. Heman the Ezraite is one of the four wise men along with Ethan the Ezraite who writes Psalm 89 that are there in the times of Solomon that is writing this great and wonderful psalm for us today. And it is another one I cry out to you, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draw near to Sheol. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in a grave. And so he asks in verse 10, Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness?" Jesus answers all of these questions with one statement. He says, Have you not read, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Jesus says, God is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living, which is why he promises us life everlasting, which is why he gives us life through the sacraments and through the word of forgiveness. This is why we praise the Lord. Because we have the great wonders of His love. The great life that He has promised to us. Because yes, even though we may go through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because He is with us. Because He has been through death and the grave for us. So that He might bring us out on the other side to praise Him as we still live among him. And that is the great thing of these psalms. Psalm 84 through 88. Five of them in still less than 20 minutes. I'm kind of surprised myself, but they're all interconnected, so that makes it so much easier to draw them all together. What do we do? We praise God for giving us the life and the promise of being able to dwell with him forever. That is the good news that we have to share. That is the good news that allows us to be strengthened and take up again the fight to wrestle with the theologies around us. Because we know whose we are. And because we know whose we are, we know who we are. And that is a forgiven child, restored from our sins, to live with our Heavenly Father forever. All right, that's it for this time. Next week, we'll get into Psalm 89. And we'll have a few weeks coming up where it will be single psalms coming up because they are so long and so deep. But I encourage you to be here for those. I encourage you to be here for the Confessional Corner on Mondays as we continue to go through the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, getting closer to the end, but still not quite there because we're going through the idea of the marriage of priest and then we have the Mass, and that takes a long time to get through. Not quite as long as Article 4 on justification or Article 12 on Repentance, but it is still the Mass being the source of where a lot of these problems came about. So I encourage you to be here for that, to help you be strengthened and armed to wrestle with the theologies around you. Amen.